Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. I'm thankful for where I live and uh, where the Lord has placed me. and uh, We are blessed people and I'm uh, thankful for all the freedoms we enjoy and uh, the graciousness God shows us uh, each and every single day. Um, this morning, as we open up the Word of the Lord, I'm going to ask you, if you will, to turn with me to the book of Habakkuk. It's an Old Testament uh, prophet, one of the minor prophets, and so you'll find his book towards the end of your Old Testament, and uh, as you do, it may take you a moment, which is uh, understandable, and as you turn there, I'm just going to share a story with you. I, was, I remember vividly, I don't know why, it's just one of those things that has burned itself in my memory, uh, of a particular Sunday school lesson one Sunday morning. When I was younger, uh, I was probably between 10 and 12 and I remember we were asked to turn Habakkuk. I don't remember if that was where the lesson was. We were just reading a verse there. So, of course, 10 or 12-year-olds, you're probably turning through your Bible now, which you can imagine 10 or 12-year-olds uh, probably were doing, you know, one of these deals, hoping, you know, hoping we came across it as our pages flipped and maybe the ones that had some critical thinking opened up the index page and found Habakkuk and found the page that it began on. But there's one boy who was just kept on flipping through his Bible, kept on flipping, couldn't find it. And uh, eventually looked up, and what was so funny is he had such sincerity and said, I don't think my Bible has that book in it. <laughs> and uh, I'll just always remember that. And he was so, so sure that he must have missed a back, or his Bible didn't have that book in it. Um, and you may feel that way as you're trying to find your place this morning. But I assure you it's in there. Uh, he's towards the end of your Old Testament. And just like all the rest of the scriptures, we'll find truth and treasure in it. And uh, I'm praying that the Lord will use his word this morning in your life. As he has in mind, I can say uh, I've wrestled with this passive scripture, if you will. It's confronted my heart, brought conviction to my heart, and challenged my life, and, uh, which I'm thankful for. I think if I'm ever going to preach a message that's going to impact you, then I'm, it's going to have to have an impact on me first. And uh, so I'm thankful for how the Lord has used, used his word. But as you have found your place, if you will, uh, stand with me this morning in honor and reference to the word of the Lord. We're in Habakkuk chapter 3, just three chapters in the book. We're in the final chapter and just going to read the final three verses of the book, verses 17 through 19. It says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. And there shall be no herd in the stalls. The Habakkuk says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. And He will make my feet like hind's feet or like deer's feet. And He will make me to walk upon mine high places. To the chief singer on my stringed instruments. Lord, I thank You for Your Word. And God, we do thank you for our home where you have placed us to live. Thank you for our local community. Thank you for each one that's here and how you brought our lives together. And uh, God, we thank you for our community of believers here at this church and how you saved us, brought us together. And Lord, now we're able to encourage one another. We're able to exhort one another. We're able to build up one another. And God, I pray that that's what takes place here at this church. Uh, Lord, we're thankful for this time, this freedom to open up the word of the Lord God, help us not to take it for granted. Help us not to abuse it. Lord, many people would love freedom to gather together and open to study your word. And Lord, I pray that we would have a heart of rejoicing, a heart of praise towards you that we have this time. And God, I just want to come before you and ask that you would do 
with your word what I can never do. God, I pray for the Spirit of God, which is able to take truth and make it real to people's hearts and lives. God, if, I'm, if it's just my voice and my work at, uh, taking place, then Lord, there'll be nobody's life changed. Nobody will be confronted with the word of the Lord. But God, I, I know the Spirit of God is able to change lives. The Spirit of God is able to make something strike a chord, to single out people, to make them feel like they're the only ones that's here. And, Lord, you're speaking directly to them. And I pray that your spirit would do that work during this time together. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us. And in Christ's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing this morning. You can be seated. Uh, Church very close to where Brian and I live has this quote on their church sign. It says, and you've probably heard it, Faith is like a rubber band. It needs to be stretched. Well, Habakkuk was a man that had his faith stretched by God. And the way that he responded is exemplary. The pain and discomfort that accompanies seasons of life when your faith is stretched often causes people to lose faith altogether. Sometimes when adversity comes, sometimes when trials come, sometimes when the testing of your faith comes, that testing or that trial of faith causes our faith to collapse where God was working and God's intention was our purification. Well, Habakkuk, as a prophet, did not respond to the stretching of his faith this way. While it always hurts, especially as a pastor, to see people's faith collapse, it is on the other side of that coin, it's a blessing beyond words when people face a trying season or circumstance of their life and praise God through it all. It's a blessing to see people's faith shaken or it's a blessing to see people's faith not be shaken by their circumstances. For many people, faith, trials of faith, times of testing, times of adversity has the adverse effect and it reveals maybe a lack of genuineness from the get-go. Most churches, most organizations even, I think, have a statement of, of faith. And in this statement, they will clearly state what they believe as a company, as, as a church. Well, in these closing verses of Habakkuk, of his short book, he makes his own statement of faith. And it is a powerful statement. It's a statement that shows forth a faith-filled life, and it shows a strong faith on Habakkuk's part. Sometimes in, in, uh, exercise, in the exercising world, I, more so in high school, high school boys are often asking the others, Asking others, what's your bench max or what's your squat max? They're, they want to know how strong the other is. Hopefully, ho- they're hoping the other person doesn't mention a number that's higher than their own. Uh, but this morning, I want to ask you a question. And my question for you is, how strong is your faith? Is it as strong as Habakkuk's faith? Well, this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to study these verses and we're going to try to find out. We're going to answer that question. The way you're going to be able to know if you can answer that question or how firm is your faith or is my faith as strong as Habakkuk's is this, can you make these two statements of faith that he makes in these verses? The first one being, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And the second one being, the Lord God is my strength. Can you declare with all sincerity these verses? Can you say the same from your life in genuineness and in sincerity? So he says in verses 17 and 18, or specifically verse 18, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Rejoicing in the Lord should be one of the easiest things that we do, considering what He has done for us. 
praising God for saving us, for bringing us out of the mess we were in, for bringing us out of our impurities and our uncleanness and showing us the grace and mercy that He did is one of the most amazing uh, things that you and I can ever even try to wrap our mind around. The challenge to our faith is not rejoicing in the Lord. The better question is, is how can we not rejoice in the Lord? But the challenge to our faith is, is this, is whether you can say yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. The key is the word yet. Because Habakkuk is saying that no matter what, whether good or bad situations befall me, I will rejoice in the Lord. Habakkuk is saying even if every earthly blessing that I know and that I enjoy is taken away from me and hardship comes my way, that I will rejoice in Him. Now, why would Habakkuk be addressing such a circumstance? Why would he be worried about having to rejoice in the Lord if everything be taken away? Well, Habakkuk was, as I mentioned, a minor prophet. And they're called that not in regards to the importance of their message. They're called minor prophets because of the length of their book as compared to like Isaiah, which is 66 books. Habakkuk is three books, or three chapters. So he's called a minor prophet. Well, in this book, Habakkuk voices two concerns to God. It's different than some of the, the prophetic books where they come with a message from God. Habakkuk takes two concerns to God. In verses 1 through 5 of chapter number 1, and you can read them, Habakkuk brings to God, he, he looks around him and he sees violence. He looks around him and he sees spoiling and violence, according to verse number 3 of chapter number 1. Habakkuk looks around and he sees all kinds of evil, all kinds of wickedness taking place, and he, it's hard for him to understand why God is allowing it to continue. Well, then God answers Habakkuk and says in verse number 6, For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. So God answers Habakkuk and God tells him, Habakkuk, I'm going to deal with the nation. I'm going to deal with the people. I'm going to send the Chaldeans, who is the Babylonians, and they are going to come in. And the rest, pretty much, of chapter number 1, or a big portion of it, is going to be God describing the destruction that is going to come to the nation at Habakkuk's concern. Well, then Habakkuk has another concern. Habakkuk wants to know why God would use a more wicked, even a, a more wicked nation to judge another nation. And God is going to explain to Habakkuk then that he is going to then deal with the Babylonians. They will be judged as well and they will face the, uh, the repercussions of evil and wicked living and the, the, the way they conduct their kingdom. Habakkuk had questions. Habakkuk had concerns. He experienced things he didn't understand and he brought those questions to God and Sought to find answers in Him. And in that, you and I can learn a lesson when you are facing things you don't understand, when you're experiencing things that don't make sense to you, when you have questions about life and what's taking place around you. Take those questions to the Lord. Go to the Father with those questions. God's not scared of our questions. Of course, we don't go with a spirit of doubt and a spirit of correction, but we come to the Lord seeking wisdom and knowledge and understanding is what Habakkuk did. And God gave him the answers that he was looking for. And in response to that looming judgment, chapter number 3, is verse number 1 says, is the prayer of Habakkuk. His response to God and what God was telling him. That's why it ends with, to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. It seems like it was a hymn meant to be sung. 
But that's why in verse number 17, Habakkuk says, even if the fig tree will not blossom, God had told him judgment's coming, destruction. So he says, even if the fig tree don't blossom, and there's no fruit on the vines, and the labor of the olives shall fail, and the fields yield no meat, the flock are cut off from the fold, and there's no herd out in the stalls. If I have none of those things, he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. If everything of earthly value and of earthly source of rejoicing was taken away from Habakkuk, Habakkuk says, I'm still going to rejoice in my God. And that's why it's such an incredible statement of faith. In Habakkuk's rejoicing, there's a, there's a heartfelt nature to it. It's a real joy. The word rejoice means to jump for joy or triumph. It means to, to be glad. That's, that word also means to leap for joy. The idea, in other words, is the, the emotion is so strong that you can't contain it. You've probably experienced joy like that before. Maybe in sports, you've won a game that you were excited about, and maybe you, uh, you celebrated, you jumped up and down. Maybe some of you shout and holler, and, and I've done the same thing. How many times, though, have we rejoiced like that in our God and who He is? The kind of rejoicing that you can't contain, the kind of rejoicing that just oozes out of your body and comes out of you because it overwhelms your heart so much. How many times have we rejoiced in our Lord like that? The reason that this statement from Habakkuk is so powerful is because when we can also make this statement of faith, it means that we have learned to rejoice in who God is and not just what He can give. If the fig tree's blossoming on the other side, if the fig tree's blossoming and there's fruit on the vines and uh, the fields be, uh, bring forth their mead and the flocks are in the fold and there's herd in the stalls, if there is, are, are those things, then praise God for those provisions. Be thankful for those provisions. Don't take those things for granted. But if those things are taken away, can you still find joy in who God is? Should our rejoicing stop if those things are taken away? Is God any different when those provisions are withheld than when He provides those things? The answer is no. He's still God. He's still full of mercy and truth. He's still full of graciousness. He's still full of kindness. He's still worthy to be praised, and He's still one that we can rejoice in. I like... Ultimately, Habakkuk realized that God was not to be worshipped merely because of the temporal blessings he bestowed, but for his own sake. As Matthew Henry said, when all is gone, God is not gone. Again, the, 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 the power to me in that statement is yet. No matter what, good or bad, I will rejoice in the Lord. And that has confronted my life. Because if the Lord started, I've been blessed and have a lot of things to thank God for, but if God started to take those things away out of my life, can I still rejoice in Him? Have I learned to value God so that if these other things are taken away, I can still rejoice because I know Him and I have Him? Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say 
rejoice. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice evermore. To do this, to be able to rejoice always, the source of your joy must be right. The source of your joy must be the Lord. The beautiful thing about joy is that it doesn't have to come and go. And it, it shouldn't. But that will only be true when God is the source of our joy. With many emotions that we experience, the, the problem is we experience them when we shouldn't. In other words, we get angry when we shouldn't. We get bitter when we shouldn't. We get jealous when we shouldn't. Most emotions we feel, we feel them when we shouldn't. But I find it interesting that the problem with joy is it's the absence of joy that should trouble us. As Christians, we should have joy, but many times we don't have joy like we should because our joy is not in the right place. John 15, 11 says, These things, this is Jesus, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Very few people experience a full joy. But it's not the Lord's fault. The reason I found myself in Habakkuk is uh, a combination of two things. My personal Bible reading where I'm reading through and have come across Habakkuk and also, the result of a Bible study we've been doing, uh, me and some other guys, some that go here, and the, the topic we decided to focus on through those studies was emotions, and so I dealt with joy. And then recently I was reading in Habakkuk and came across these verses where Habakkuk says, even if the fields are empty, in other words, we might say if the cupboards are bare, there's no cattle out in the stall, he says, I'm still going to rejoice in the Lord. Proverbs 17, 22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Well, the good news for you and I today is that God has made it so that our bones never have to be dry. God has given you a reason to always have a merry heart, and that reason is Jesus. The reason is Himself. We have Him. None of this is to minimize anyone's pain, anyone's heartache. Listen, there's not any way to say that but it's to lovingly direct you and myself to where we can find joy no matter how great our pain is. Another way you could look at this truth, the statement of faith that Habakkuk gives, is you may be here today and you may not be sad. In fact, you may say, I have joy, but the question you need to ask yourself, the question I have to ask myself is, my joy coming from the God of my salvation? Or is the joy that I'm feeling because I'm an American citizen? It's the 4th of July. This is going to be a fun week. Probably celebrations. People probably have cookout plans. Is my, am I joyful because of that? Or am I joyful because of the God of my salvation? Maybe you're not sad today. But maybe your joy is in the wrong places. Be careful that you can say, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I'm glad he is the God of my salvation. And as Mark mentioned in leading us in choir singing, if you don't know him as the God of your salvation, you can today. But then the second statement of faith that Habakkuk makes, he says, the Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hind's feet, and he will make me to walk upon my high places. Habakkuk knew 
Now remember, Habakkuk, part of what makes this so powerful is Habakkuk knows these days are coming and he makes this statement before the adversity comes. He says, I know that God is going to be my strength, that God is my strength. And he knew that God would make his feet like a deer's feet and God would enable him to walk upon his high places. He knew that if, if God saw fit and, the, and the, again, the fig tree didn't blossom, the vines are empty, the the cattle are gone, there's no herd in the stalls. He knew that God would be his strength, that if God sent days like that, that God would enable him to endure those circumstances. Habakkuk knew that difficult times may be ahead, but he also knew that God would be his strength. He knew that God would enable him to make it through. Now you and I, this morning, we may have difficult days ahead. We don't know what tomorrow may hold. I thought of people in this very congregation who can tell you how quickly a day can bring change. But in this truth, you can find courage to face tomorrow and its uncertainties. The Lord God is my strength. You can look around you today at people who have gone through different things. You can think about people, whether they may be here or not, and they've had some mountain to walk over. They've had some high place to cross. Maybe it was a cancer diagnosis, the death of a loved one. Maybe it was something else. You've watched them, maybe you've watched somebody go through things, and in other words, you would literally say, I don't know how they have made it through what they're going through. Well, in that, I want you to look at the testimony that God is my strength. In other words, do you believe that if God has high places for you to walk over, that he'll make your feet like a deer's feet so that you're able to walk upon those high places. That if God has mountains for you to cross, he's going to enable you to walk across them. That's what Habakkuk said. He's going to make my feet like a hind's feet. And I'll be able to walk across my high places. Habakkuk knew a mountain may lay ahead. But he knew that God would be his strength. I'm thankful that God will be my strength. I pray that I don't have to go through hard times to learn that and live by that. But I rejoice in knowing that if God has mountains for me to cross, he will enable me to walk across them. And the test of your faith is this. Can you make this statement now before the hardship and the adversity comes? Can you find strength and courage in this moment for knowing that, yeah, you may not know what tomorrow may hold, but God is my strength. Having your faith stretched is a very real part of following Jesus. Peter explained this in reality in his first epistle that he wrote, 1 Peter, that God purifies our faith. He makes it more valuable and more precious through trials. And those trials put a stress on us. Those trials make things difficult. But God uses them to, to purify our faith. It's a very real part of following Christ. We talk about in Sunday school that a lot of people look at Jesus as just a tack on to life. So, you know, we just, he'll... 
he'll give you a nice upper middle class life. He's, you know, give you a nice success story. But following Jesus is much more than that. Well, Habakkuk, as a prophet, was given some insight to what lay ahead for him. Hard days were in store for him and for the people of God. He was facing things he didn't quite understand. Remember, I told you he brought his questions to God. He didn't understand why God would use the Babylonians. He didn't understand why God wasn't dealing with the nation right then because of the injustices going on. But in spite of all that, nonetheless, he made this incredible statement of faith. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. And he will make my feet like hind's feet, or deer's feet. And he will make me to walk upon mine high places. As we stand together this morning, our musicians come around. As we have a time of invitation, I want you to ponder this question. Do you have enough faith to be able to say the same thing? Before trial comes, before adversity comes, can you echo with the sincerity and genuineness of Habakkuk's words? I pray that by God's grace, we can make Habakkuk's statement of faith our own. I told you my life has been confronted with these words. I don't want to face hard times. I'm like anybody else. But I rejoice to know that if I do, he is my strength. some situation this morning robbed you of your joy the altar's open maybe you'd like to pray that God would help you to find your joy in him that you can say with sincerity with Habakkuk that yet I will rejoice in the Lord do you need strength and help from God this morning you say I'm under a load and I'm under a weight and I'm walking a high place and preacher I don't know that I'm going to be able to make it well Come to the Lord and ask for strength because that's what He is. He's your strength and He'll give you help. As the text this morning is showing you that your faith is weak, that you can't say these words. As you search your heart and evaluate your life in sincerity, you may be able to say, you can be honest with the Lord. I can't, I can't say these words. Not in sincerity. Maybe you'd like to come pray that God would give you the faith of Habakkuk, that you can As God works on your heart, come to the place where you can say, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, that God will be my strength. And if I have to walk over a mountain, He'll make my feet able so that I can make it over that mountain. As Mark comes around and leads us, if you need to come pray this morning, these altars are open. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.